I think things have changed for the better outside of just obviously the athletes being able to benefit from their names, images, and likenesses. You mentioned the viewership. It's on the rise. Yeah. Um, maybe that's because stadiums are full again. And yeah. Although that said a year ago, what were you going to do besides sit at home and watch sports? Right. Yeah, I never so understood I that, that argument. That, yeah. Yeah. Right? I don't know. That's a great argument. Um, but I think it's so compelling. There's the story behind the stories. Now we're, we're hearing about all these athlete stories in association with the, a lot of the deals that they're doing with NIL, but also there's just constant chatter about NIL too, which is not only drawing more attention among college sports, existing fans, but I think bringing a lot of either casual or non-fans altogether into like being attached to what's going on. The NFL stands for not for long. Second down and goal from just inside the two. Backs offset. Sharga and Armstead. Rollout. Walker still running out. Looks to the left. Wide open. Thompson touchdown. Colin Thompson with the touchdown. There was nobody within 20 yards. What of a catch off the bobble. Colin Thompson scoops it up. Lofting corner of the end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. The first NFL touch for Colin Thompson is a score. What's up, everybody? This is your host, Colin Thompson. Welcome back to another episode of Not For Long Media. Episode 34, Darren Heitner. We're going to talk a lot about what's going on now in the NCAA, in the world of sports in general, name, image, likeness, and his impact on that world. He has a ton of impact on that world. He was involved with the state of Florida, getting that law passed quickly for athletes to now work uh, with other businesses and be represented or represent, excuse me, other businesses and get paid for it in college. That was obviously not the case before athletes were not allowed to make a dime off their name, image and likeness. Now they are. Darren has had a huge impact on it. He's been on shows on, like outside the lines, Fox, CNBC, ESPN, CBS talking about name image likeness and sports law over the years. He represented the gentleman who uh, scooped up all those names for the Washington football team and, and Darren represented him. So we go into the stories about that as well. Again, Darren, thank you so much for coming on. Darren's been a contributor to Forbes magazine. He created his own sports agency scratch out of college. Now he runs Heitner law. He was a Gator 40 under 40 graduated with two degrees from Florida uh, once in political science undergrad, and then obviously a law degree uh, post-grad. So Darren, again, thank you so much for your time. Congrats to you and your wife. Uh, They're expecting a baby coming this year, uh, 2022, I should say. So thank you guys so much for joining us, Darren. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this interview. There's lots to offer about name, image, and likeness, like I said earlier, because in the world we live in today, some may agree, some may disagree, but college athletes are getting paid. My opinion, they deserve to be paid. They deserve to be paid off their name, image, and likeness. And then the different laws that go into uh, what that entails. Like some states, they're able to get, you know, more money or less money, or you're not allowed to work with a company like Barstool because they're attached to gambling. So things change per state. That's why someone like Darren, when it comes to sports law and heightener law, they're the people to talk to because he's represented so many people. And again, in the state of Florida, he's, I mean, he is steering that ship of what to expect what is going on. And he lives down in the Fort Lauderdale, Miami area and that Miami football team, their whole team uh, represents a gym down there. They all have a membership to it and they all received a certain lump sum of money to represent and be involved with that gym. So 
there's a lot of different things going on there. Their quarterback works with the Carolina, uh, excuse me, not the Carolina Panthers. That's us. Their quarterback, King, who was at Houston, who transferred to Miami, he works directly with the Florida Panthers and their and their marketing department and their media department. So they're just involved in so many different things down there. The biggest thing for me and all this NIL stuff is the education behind it. Are you educating the athletes? Are lawyers involved? Because they need to be. You can't expect an athlete to go through a contract and say, hey, this is good for me or this is not good for me because people will take advantage of athletes. People will take advantage of anybody. That's the world we live in. So you have to be careful. And it's really on those colleges, on the institutions to say, okay, we're going to supply a lawyer that has to go through every contract that every business sends you. We are going to supply a financial advisor, a committee, or whatever that may be to help you handle the money or the product that are coming in. And then how are you helping them with their social media so they can not be at you know, different events in person and take away from being a college student athlete where you can just post something real quick. It takes 10 seconds, a minute on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or whatever you may be doing it on. So there's lots of layers to the NIL thing. And again, with Darren, we got into it. Check it out. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it again. Episode 34 with Darren Heitner. So I want to shout out our sponsors. We have some new fun things coming, but I want to shout out our sponsors, the original Fudge Kitchen, Shots and Giggles Key West, our friends over at Few Will Hunt, Wealth Advisory Services, and Cape May Brewing Company. Thank you guys so much for your support. There's so many things coming down the road with this group. We're so lucky to have them in our corner here. Please go and check them all out. The best thing about these businesses is they kill it on their social media. They make it easy for you guys to check out their business. They're extremely accessible. And again, we appreciate their your support. So Name, Image, and Likeness episode here with Darren Heidner, episode 34. We hope you guys enjoy it. All right, we got Darren Heitner in the building. Really appreciate you joining us today, man. How are things going? Everything's great. Good to be here. So you're in Fort Lauderdale, huh? I am. Sunny when it's not raining. It's a beautiful place, man. I absolutely love it down there. A buddy of mine in college lived uh, not too far away from a great place, Bo Campers. We just talked about off air a little bit and spent some time at the elbow room and a few other places down there. So I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Those places still exist and they are thriving. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. You're thriving, man. This is a crazy world we're living in today when it comes to sports business, something that you are a pro's pro in, something that you have been in all aspects of when it comes to agency, to law, to now teaching it, to building curriculum for, for law schools. Have you, did you anticipate it being like this? Did you anticipate the boom it's become? Because in all different avenues for pro sports, obviously we're going to talk NIL today, name, image, likeness for college athletics. The business of sports is bigger than it's ever been. It is. Um, I definitely didn't anticipate what my role would be in the business of sports. When I went to law school, this is going back to 2007. I went to undergrad at University of Florida. Uh, go Gators. Go Gators. And went straight through to law school, also at UF. And when I had started law school, I actually created a sports agency from scratch. And I thought that was what I was destined to do. And I spent the three years in law school and a year afterwards trying to build that agency up, having some successes and a lot of failures, 
learning from it and ultimately deciding to pivot and practicing law. But I didn't go to law school with the intention of practicing law at all. So I didn't anticipate being where I am today, which is practicing law really 99.9% day in, day out. And I definitely didn't anticipate that we would have an ecosystem now in the world of sports that we, that we currently are able to enjoy. And that, as you mentioned, it's not only professional athletes who can enjoy it now, but also college athletes are starting to be able to benefit from the fruits of their labor not to the same extent as professional athletes where they're actually earning salaries, they are considered to be employees, they are part of unions and can collectively bargain the time, place and manner of their work, uh, but baby steps. In fact, bigger than baby steps. College athletes now being able to make money off of their names, images and likenesses. And so it's been a blessing for me as somebody who's built my practice over more than a decade of working with pro athletes, working with sports agents and agencies, now working with college athletes on everything from creating their corporate structures to handling their deal flow and finding opportunities, less finding, more reviewing, revising, negotiating opportunities, protecting their intellectual property like trademarks and helping them in disputes. Um, I love where I am. I, I didn't anticipate it at all. Yeah, it's 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 been quite the boom. And uh, someone who's been a part of the early uh, 2012, I got into college. So the discussions were had, right? We had uh, NCAA football was still alive and well then, the video game, uh, uh, EA Sports. Right now, that's possibly coming back, and there's things going on with that. We, you know, we we in the NFL, we get we get paychecks from Madden to be to be in it, whether we want to be in it or not. We we get a paycheck. Obviously, you want to be in it. You mentioned CBAs. You mentioned unions. We're going to talk about NIL. But yes, NIL is a step in the right direction with what's going on in the NCAA. And again, we're going to discuss that in a second. But do you see a CBA coming when it comes to athletes? You see athletes unionizing. We've seen it in Northwestern. They tried it, right? If everyone walked off the field, we could do one. But the problem is, same thing with the NFL when there's issues, there would be another thousand players that are ready to step in after you and replace you. Is it the same quality? No, but you'd be replaced. I think there's a lot of difficulties in unionizing across the board among college athletes. You have over 400,000 college athletes. And while many of those athletes do transition quickly, either to the pros or to some sort of other professional life, the same is true in a variety of sports. I mean, NFL stands for not for long. So a lot of players are lucky if they make it past three, four years in the NFL. And so it is quite transitory, similar to college sports. But with the NFL, you have 53-man rosters. And so we're only talking about a, just above 1,000 players to unionize. Um, there are varying interests, as you saw yourself in the last round of deciding whether or not to ratify a new collective bargaining agreement. Imagine the controversies between 400,000 plus college athletes and the diverging interests, not only among bigger schools and smaller schools, but between the sports and between the sexes, females and males. And it just would be so complicated to just manage. Um, and then you get into the whole issue, going back to Northwestern football players who for a time successfully navigated this process and were temporarily allowed to go through this unionization process, the regional board of the National Labor Relations Board, they said that was okay. And that these are really employees who deserve to be able to negotiate the terms of their employment 
the time commitment, their sat really salaries, um, so on and so forth. But that got appealed to the full board in Washington, D.C., which punted on the issue and pointed out that there are issues even by and between the private schools and the public schools, where there may be constraints on public schools and, the, and these athletes at public schools unionizing. So I think it's going to be rather difficult to get to that point in time. What I think is much more realistic is maybe a trade association or an organization at least that allows for broad-based group licensing so we can see a return of that college football video game that we once had by EA Sports and allow the athletes to benefit by way of receiving a royalty like you receive as an NFL player. I think that is a possibility and it doesn't necessarily require true unionization in order to get that. That's a great point. A lot of great points there. Let's paint a picture of name, image, and likeness and what has happened in college athletics for my listeners. So the simple question, when did this conversation start? The conversation started at least a decade ago. You can think back to Ed O'Bannon, who played at UCLA and played in the NBA. He fought a battle in court. But even before that, myself included, uh, back then I was writing for Forbes covering sports business. And I won't take full credit. There are many other people who looked at this situation and have an appreciation for rights of publicity. You know, we use the abbreviation NIL. Obviously, that stands for name, image, and likeness. But these are elements that make up an individual's right of publicity. And an individual's right of publicity actually is derived from an individual's right of privacy. These are ideas and protections that were put in place decades ago, um, but not at the infancy of this country. So the, the concept being that all of us should have this right to not only benefit from things that identify us as individuals, but also being able to prevent others from using the things that identify us in a commercial manner. Because really, we should not only be able to benefit from that ourselves, but prevent others from benefiting off of it, or at least be compensated fairly for that. And so this theory, these rights have existed for literally everybody in the United States, just not for college athletes. And now we're even looking at high school athletes who don't necessarily have these rights either based on either the laws in the states or the, high, the, re, the relevant high school athletic association bylaws. So, but this concept where, or I'm sorry, this fight that was taken up in the legislatures really started at the end of 2019. And it was California, the state of California passed a bill signed by Governor Newsom with a lot of fanfare that officially for the first time became the first state to challenge the NCAA's bylaws that restricted these rights. But it wasn't supposed to go effective until 2023. And then in September of 2019, I was asked by Representative Chip Lamarca in the state of Florida and his legislative aide whether I'd be interested in taking up a battle in our state of Florida. And to look at California's law, see how we could make it better, see if there were any, any elements that we didn't quite understand. And one of those elements was this 2023 effective date. Why wait four full years to provide rights to athletes that they deserve, if they truly deserved it? And we determined they deserved it, and we shouldn't wait. 
Initially, we wanted to give these athletes in the state of Florida rights as of July 1, 2020. We received pushback. It changed to July 1, 2021. And in June 2020, when Governor Ron DeSantis signed the legislation into law, we became the first state for the July 1, 2021 effective date. Many other states would follow. And on June 30th, 2021, the NCA finally caved in and said, we're done with this. Everyone gets rights. And it landed a few different ways, right? There was a lot of people, the old guard. This is crazy. This is what separates college athletics. This is what makes it fantastic. This is what draws me to it, right? There was a lot of hissing and moaning and a lot of different things when really, if you think about it now, it, I don't know, viewership's the same, if not better. Has, has things change it doesn't feel like it feels like things are normal it, it feels like opera i mean things have changed obviously but it feels like in my opinion as a sports fan it's just business as usual but now they're getting paid or they may not be getting paid am i wrong i think things have changed for the better outside of just obviously the athletes being able to benefit from their names images and likenesses you mentioned the viewership it's on the rise yeah now, maybe that's because stadiums are full again. And yeah. Although that said, a year ago, what were you going to do besides sit at home and watch sports? Right? Yeah, I never so understood I that, that argument. Yeah, yeah. Right? I don't know. That's a great argument. Um, but I think it's so compelling. There's the story behind the stories now. We're, we're hearing about all these athlete stories in association with the a lot of the deals that they're doing with NIL, but also there's just constant chatter about NIL too, which is not only drawing more attention among college sports existing fans, but I think bringing a lot of either casual or non-fans altogether into like being attached to what's going on. I mean, my wife is interested in, in what's the latest in NIL. And literally it's not only like for the brands, it's not only the return on investment based on, the athletes actually performing on the deliverables in these contracts, there's a return just because every single deal is being covered. Um, I know just today, Chipotle did a deal with a couple of athletes. They're getting free Chipotle, I think for life, which massive. I don't know who I have to contact, but sign me up. Um, you know, there's, there's that there's, I saw Arby's just did a national deal, 200 running backs. All I have to do is tweet something about how they want Arby's with the, letters RB and they get what I think $500 just for that. I mean, there's all these it's, different types of campaigns and it just makes it so interesting. I, it, it I really see does. very few negatives. No. Yeah. I, and I know this is something you've been for too. I was alluding to just like the people that get off my lawn, people like the people oh, that yeah. refuse change. And you're just like, come on, man. Like this is, you're not even going to notice it. Turn your TV on in September. Do you really notice anything different? No. Well, and, and I bet you, you know, Clemson, two losses. Oh, it must be DJU, the quarterback who has Get a Dr. Pepper deal. Or, or Oklahoma, who's not, which is not performing up to the expectations of everyone. Oh, it must be Spencer Rattler and his two cars that he got from a dealership. I mean, come on. Yeah, no. Think about preseason polls. Do we ever have the results at the end of the year that were predicted at the beginning? Never. There's no. always going to be these types of things. So, look, I mean – there's always also going to be naysayers. Let them be. It actually, it's a good thing. Um, and, and I love debating with them. I'll, yeah. I'll keep debating with them. It's a good time. They pay the bills. They, they still tune in. They still buy gear. They still, whatever. They still have a good time. So uh, you talked about big brands. 
you talk about who's capitalizing. You talked about just the new, the pot of money coming into, you know, athletics. Now you're talking about Chipotle, Arby's, huge brands in our country nationwide. And they're able to insert locally, which I think is so unique because now you can say, well, I, this is my target audience. I'm going to just reach out to this athlete and, and pay them to tweet. Instead of before, it's like, I'm going to pay for, you know, maybe a sponsorship on, on Instagram or a sponsorship here. Now you're putting a brand with a player. Uh, how unique has that been? How is that something you anticipated? I, explain that. I did. I, I think what's unique, I mean, there's a lot of similarities between the deals that we're starting to see with college athletes uh, and the deals that we're seeing with pro athletes, even as a lot of these deals on the pro level are changing. I mean, we're starting to do a lot of NFT related deals, non-fungible token deals, not only for college athletes, but also for pro athletes at the same time. So like it's an emerging market, but I think a big distinction, and I did anticipate this is whereas with, professional athletes, you certainly do get the regional slash local types of deals. I think it, it tends to be a bit more difficult for you to get those like diehard fans attached to it. Like think about Gainesville as an example, University of Florida. I mean, you have fans there, like myself included, but you have fans who maybe appreciate and are, are diehard orange and blue blooded fans for University of Florida football. And at the same time, they're rooting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, or the Miami Dolphins. The affinity that those fans for the college game have is just different. There's something different about that and their relationship with professional sports. And so I think brands can much more easily capitalize off of that fan fervor um, and, and be able to harness that connection to the local community, especially if they're going above and beyond the easy deliverable of, let's say, social media type posts. I mean, if you're doing in-person meet and greets, autograph sessions, so on and so forth, I think that really enhances the value of some of these deals. Although the national brands, I'm sure, will mainly stick to those social media type of deliverables. And if you're a player, you love that because, hey, I'm just tweeting, I'm just posting on Instagram, right? And it's, it's for... It's simple. And it's simple for the coaches too. peace of mind. They may say, Hey guys, you only can do social media posts, which the players say, Hey, sign me up. I have a following. It grows my following. And again, you want to talk about how college is going to help you grow. Now the guys are establishing huge followings way more than what we had in college. You know, the, the big guys had the following, but now they have a following almost for life, whether they play or not. It's not just, Hey, this is former Clemson quarterback or Florida, former Gator quarterback. This is the guy who had 50,000 followers. Now he's got a hundred thousand followers and he can use that, you know, as kind of a, a token for as long as he wants. Yeah. yeah. And, is, and you're not, you're not really detracting. I mean, if it's, if it's simply a, a social media deliverable, like how much time commitment is that you're not taking away from the player practicing and performing in ga at game day and also from academics. And I think that's a great thing. Yeah. No doubt about it. It's quick. It's easy. Hey, and at the end of the day, you're it, like the players, I hope should be worried about what the coaches are thinking uh, because, you know, you never want to, I still, when I tweet, coach will may listen to this. When I tweet, 
and post on Facebook or anything, I'm still thinking that coach was going to have to say something. So, uh, you know, it's still in the back of my mind. Always uh, someone over your shoulder, right? Yeah, always. Some people see everything. Don't ever think that no one doesn't see everything. Okay. What has surprised you in this process? Because there's some new things. There's some things maybe that you're a professional in this. So a lot of things may surprise me, but for you, is there something that, that crossed your mind and say, wow, I did not anticipate it being like this. I was surprised by the sheer number of people who signed up to be barstool athletes, how quickly that happens. I heard a figure recently that I think they've signed up roughly 150,000 college athletes. And I'm not quite sure what they've signed up to. And I'm not sure that they know what they've signed up for, but all these athletes, like it was like a storm, like a hurricane of athletes. Just all of a sudden you look at their Instagram bios and it said, hashtag barstool athlete. I'm like, how is this possible? And what's going on? Um, I think a lot of, a lot of schools were not necessarily prepared for that either. There were questions. One is this kosher from a sports betting perspective? Cause a lot of States have laws that restrict athletes from uh, doing endorsements for sports betting. Side note, interestingly, today, a, a company Maxim Bet became the first, as far as I'm aware of, to offer all female athletes in the state of Colorado an endorsement deal to promote a sports betting company. Wow. And apparently the colleges in that state have put their hands up in the air and said, our law doesn't prevent it. We're not going to get in the way. Um, going back to Barstool, and, and I will say that's also something I didn't necessarily expect, um, but going back to Barstool, the other thing I wouldn't say I didn't expect, but it's become somewhat of an issue, would be the use of the marks of the universities without consent. These are trademarks, registered trademarks, and you can't use someone else's marks without having permission to do so. And I, I know that's become uh, a point of contention for some schools to the extent that some schools have asked their athletes to remove themselves from this type of relationship. And I think that'll be interesting going forward, which is the types of content that are used, whether it's completely cleared um, and including trademark usage and whether or not there's permission to use it. Because the last thing we really want would be athletes putting themselves in precarious positions and adding unnecessary exposure for themselves. Yeah, that is very unique. It is, it's, it's an unbelievable thing. We could sit here all day and discuss it because there's so many different things coming out. The Barstool thing was just a wave. I'm buddies with Colin Gillespie, point guard Villanova. He was one of the first players to do it. Dave Portnoy tweeted about him. I'm sure his followers grew 10, 20, 30,000. Again, that talks about what you can take into life, whether Colin plays in the NBA or not, he'll have, you know, that huge platform just about forever. Uh, so it's really unique what they're doing at Barstool and, and just how they attack that situation. And they just jumped ahead of it. Uh, okay. We're going to transition here as we wrap things up. So you worked for, you covered a situation, not covered for lack of lack of better term. You, you worked for a gentleman who um, he trademarked a bunch of names associated with the Washington football team, formerly the Redskins. Uh, can you, tell this story can you paint a little bit of a picture because even i told someone that i was going to bring this update to you they're like yeah that guy he was hoarding all these different things and he was trying to sell out and make all this money and that was the story but that's not the case no 
It's not. What a wild story that was. Martin McCauley, who I still talk to, I think he emailed me either yesterday or today. We had a conversation about something specific um, related to trademarks. But here's an individual who actually took up trademarking as a hobby, believe it or not. And But look, when he filed applications to register trademarks, he submitted that he was filing with a bona fide intent to use them and to the extent that he got it so far as to show use, he used it and he got his registrations in certain circumstances. And so what did Martin McCauley do? Well, I think this started back in like 2015 when there were first rumors that the Washington football team was going to change its name away from the Redskins. And he started applying for various names that they could potentially change to. As he related to me, and, and interestingly, I think I picked him up as a client after writing about what was going on in the whole situation. And then I suppose he found out about me one way or the other. And um, what I learned early on is this is not somebody who was really out there doing this for personal gain. He actually really wanted the team to change its name and wanted to do so for quite some time and was very interested in donating whatever earnings he would receive from the team if in fact they wanted any of his registrations or pending applications um, he wanted to donate it to to uh, charitable causes related to um, I guess Native Americans or, or certain sects um, and so what's happened though is quite interesting um, you've had obviously a rebranding of the Redskins since there was all this controversy surrounding Martin McCauley uh, and they've chosen a temporary name in the Washington football team. And we're really not quite sure whether that will be for permanent or they're still seeking to alter the name. We've put it out there. We're more than willing to have a discussion with them. We're not holding any names hostage, um, but we haven't heard anything from them. Uh, and, and I'd say an interesting uh, different scenario would be that of the Cleveland Indians, which decided to change its name publicly announcing they were changing to the Cleveland Guardians. And all of a sudden, out of the woodworks, there's this Cleveland Guardians roller derby team that's had a registration in place. It seems like they didn't do their proper diligence in finding that out. At least the Washington football team is sure taking its dear time uh, if it is, in fact, going to change its name to determine what that is. And my client, Martin McCauley, is, uh, you know, he's willing to talk. He's absolutely willing to talk. Well, Cleveland Guardians, if you need a lawyer, Heitner Law is the place for you. There's a, there's a free uh, out of here on Not For Law Media. So, hey, Darren, we really appreciate you coming on, man. I've uh, been following you for a while now. You're a Gator. I'm a Gator. I've followed your stuff in that aspect. Um, one of the um, 40 under 40 at UF, which congrats. That's fantastic. And, uh, you know, I got to watch you on Outside the Lines. I watch you on a bunch of different things. So appreciate you coming on and um, looking forward to uh, seeing you in South Florida one of these days. Absolutely. And I wish you continued success with your already successful season. <laughs> Thanks, brother. We'll talk soon. Trying to take you out. Ticking of her heart is the only sound. She's a time bomb, round and detonate. You're trying to cut her wires, but you're way too late. She's a time bomb, trying to take you out. Ticking of her heart is the only sound. She's a time bomb, round and detonate. You're trying to cut her